Hello and welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast, your weekly roundup of the most interesting trends and developments in performing credit, stressed and distressed, restructuring and post-reorg in the European and SEMA markets. It's Tuesday, May the 31st. I'm Giulia Rusconi, and coming up this week, I will catch up with Sean Qureshi on the French care home operator Orpia and its new financing under the French conciliation procedure. Beatrice Mavrolian will give us an update on what happened in the primary market this week. Finally, Jacob Parker will tell us about UK retailer Matalan and its refinancing options. Orpia has been again in the news lately. For whoever has not been following Orpia, um, Orpia is a French care home operator that has been under investigation since February after some allegations of mistreatment of patients and improper use of public funds were uh, came out in, in the book The Grave Diggers. Uh, since then, another article from Investigate Europe came out. The article apparently probed the group's financial structure and pointed to possible wrongdoing. Now, Orpea is also facing strikes after the group decided not to pay its employees a profit-sharing bonus due to its financial difficulties. In the last earnings call, um, management said that it has entered an agreement in principle with its core banking pool due to major financing challenges, with the purpose to raise a secure syndicated facility of 1.7 billion. Indeed, the group has to make significant investments in real estate and it has a large portion of debt maturing in 2022 and 2023. Orpia said that the agreement was a response to both the uncertainty around the group as well as uh, access to financial markets being closed off and the slowdown in its asset disposal program. Sean, I understand the financing is part of an amicable conciliation procedure. What does it mean? Thanks, Julia. That's right. So the French conciliation process is informal, confidential and purely contractual in nature. However, in itself, it does not impose a stay on enforcement by creditors. As I mentioned, it's it's not an insolvency proceeding. So if during the proceeding a creditor serves a demand or brings an action against debtor, the court responsible for the conciliation proceeding has the power to grant the debtor a grace period of up to two years, uh, and f- against that enforcement. And also it's worth remembering that the initial term of the conciliator who's uh, appointed during the process must be within a four-month limit, which can be extended uh, for, an, for an extra month. Now, in terms of exiting this process, where all stakeholders or creditors unanimously agree with the proposal, the conci- a conciliation agreement must be either acknowledged by, the, by an order of the President of the Commercial Court or homologated or sanctioned by a judgment of the, of the commercial court. The, that latter homologation option is the route pursued in practice. It's got numerous advantages in an event of a subsequent insolvency. Uh, now, once sanctioned, that judgment of the homologation itself will be public, which discloses the existence of the conciliation procedure, but just not the actual conciliation agreement itself will be made public. What could happen if the company cannot persuade the existing creditors to consent to the proposed plans? The alternative option in France would be a safeguard accelerée, which I refer to as an SA. Now, this can be used to bind dissenting creditors. So this SA process is a pre-insolvency restructuring tool and was introduced into the French legislature in October last year. The new tool allows the imposition of a plan on dissenting stakeholders by combining the existing French safeguard 
and new accelerated financial safeguard proceedings. Now, this process has a maximum duration of just four months and can be used by all corporate entities. And it appears to be uh, being used in a discreet way, like a surgical tool, for example, to amend the debt of only one class creditor, but, for example, leaving senior creditors unfettered. In terms of what the process looks like from a modern practitioner's uh, perspective, the key aspects include uh, a class structure for the purposes of voting by affected creditors and the introduction of a cross-class cramdown. There's also a protection of financing provided during the proceedings, what one might refer to as a post-money privilege. And finally, there's a limitation on the application of the term-out uh, process, which was um, in the existing safeguard proceedings. So what do you expect the next few months to look like for the group? And have you been hearing anything from investors? Thanks, Julia. That's a good point. So from what we've been hearing from investors, we think we expect the group to be able to implement uh, its current restructuring using the consensual conciliation process, uh, which would then need to be homologated, as I mentioned, by the French courts. At this juncture, I don't think it's commercially likely that we're going to see the group need to use the SA, the Accelerated Safeguard process, as we think that the existing creditors are probably incentivized to consent to the plan. Now, the other thing to remember is this financial restructuring is just part of a much wider matrix of issues for the group, as we mentioned before. New management is also probably going to need to come in to fix the existing issues. Yeah, that, that's right. And as you said, the new CEO uh, is joining Orpia from the 1st of July and the group strategy could change materially. Another important thing that uh, Orpia said during the last call in regards to this new financing is that it, the group intends to complete about 3 billion worth of real estate disposals by the end of 2025, with at least 1 billion worth disposals by the end of next year in the form of sale and leasebacks. It said that part of the proceeds from these disposals will be immediately allocated to the repayment of a portion of the new, the new facility. Now moving to our usual update on the primary market. I have Beatrice with me today. And Beatrice, can you give us an update on how have things been progressive in the primary market? So this morning, um, the UK supermarket chain Morrison's announced that it had priced 545 million euros of senior secured notes due in 2027 with a 4.75 coupon to repay part of the bridge facility drawn for the its acquisition by CD&R. This follows um, 1.075 billion sterling in 5.5% notes um, priced last month and another 1.2 billion sterling of notes priced in February. All the debt raised for the acquisition has been privately placed, reflecting how challenging marketing, market conditions still are at the moment. Has anything else been privately placed recently? So um, Swedish distribution services provider OptiGroup and its bankers are looking to sell the 515 million term loan B and 50 million delayed draw term loan B to a small group of investors after the issuance was pulled two weeks ago as a result of unfavorable um, market conditions. Uh, during syndication, a deal kind of struggled with <clears throat> risks, in, including the possibility that larger players like Amazon could come into the company's market and exposure to um, a structurally declining paper, paper segment. And... Um, 
and a cyclical end market. The OID on the, the issuance was during, during syndication is thought to have widened, widened as far as 91 from 94, 95. I see. Yes, we talked about Optigroup last week too. Is there anything in the syndicated market now? Yeah, in the um, syndicated markets, we now have um, private education company, uh, Inspired Education, marketing a 250 million euro term loan B add-on to fund um, acquisitions, but there's nothing else in the, in the, in the market. Um, the OID on Inspired Education's add-on is uh, talked in the 96.5 to 97 range, which shows how investors, they, they still need fairly generous terms to get on board with any new debt at the moment. Are there signs of any other debt issuance that is coming soon? So a group of banks has um, provided, um, has committed to provide debt financing for uh, Bain's acquisition of a majority stake in um, the Belgian HR business, House of HR. Um, meanwhile, um, the French real estate management company, Emeria, which is previously known as Foncia, has man- also mandated a group of banks to arrange a new um, term loan facility of about, of about 560 million euros to support um, its acquisition of um, property management company Firstport here in the UK and refinance drawings under its RCF. And last week, we also heard that um, the German auto supplier, Adler Pelzer, said during its investor call that the company will launch a refinancing of its um, 2024 notes, um, which are currently trading around 83, as they said, as soon as the markets are ready. And how is that sentiment looking when it comes to some of the larger deals that are expected? Well, it seems like many of the pre-marketings that were previously underway, which may have included debt for some of the larger deals, like Gambling Group 888's acquisition of the non-US business of William Hill, are now kind of on hold. Um, Some investors had said that they expected the um, debt to finance some of these deals to be syndicated after the Jubilee weekend holiday, which is coming up now. Um, But others are less optimistic, suggesting that maybe the primary market will remain more or less closed, except for a few smaller deals until after the summer. Um, For example, one of the things they've talked about is how the outlook for consumer-facing credits has changed over recent weeks with some negative data coming out. Um, So... um, this will add to kind of existing challenges that these the, the deals in this sector and the you know underwriters um, face, uh, and this includes, for example, um, UK drug drugstore chain Boots, which is um, is being acquired, and, and the financing needs to be raised for that. Thanks, Patrice, and this uh, concludes our summary of the primary market this week. A topic and name which has attracted a lot of interest over the last few years is the UK fashion and homeware retailer Matalan. For those unfamiliar with the company, Matalan is a highly leveraged bricks and mortar retailer who suffered during the height of the pandemic from liquidity issues, as its stores were, were forced to close. The company restructured through a scheme of arrangement in 2020, which was designed to provide and support the company's liquidity. Since the last UK lockdown, the company's trading has exceeded expectations and management has been hoping to refinance its capital structure on the back of that. However, the company, firstly in notes, are currently quoted at around 85, while the secondly in notes are back in the, in the 60s. Jacob, what is the, the situation right now? Hi, Julia. 
So Madeleine has several upcoming maturities in July, including around 34 million of super senior facility debt and then 28 million of priority senior secured notes um, falling due as well then. This is followed by the maturity of the 350 million first lien notes at the front end of 2023. Uh, in our view, it's, it seems very unlikely that the company will be able to refinance right now. The European primary markets seem practically closed, and the fact that the first lien notes are quoted at around 85 right now um, sort of implies that the market does not expect this to refinance either. So what options are available to, to Matalan in dealing with these maturities and what are the implications for bondholders? Well, we've been expecting some announcements on the situation for several months from management, but so, so far we've heard nothing uh, that, since they released a business update in February, which seemed um, sort of akin to a cleansing statement. We've now heard from sources that Madeleine has brought on Goldman Sachs to explore refinancing options, while Lazard is advising the shareholder. Deloitte has also had a long-standing debt advisory mandate with the company and we've heard that they are also involved in terms of exploring options. One thing to point out here is that it's not clear at this point what is meant by refinancing, whether the company is still planning to return to the bond markets or if refinancing in this case um, just sort of means restructuring. A few months ago, you and our colleagues from, from Legal have published some analysis on, on Matalan where you explore the potential options available in the event that refinancing was not possible, which now seems to be the case. Could you, could you break them, the, the options down for, for us? Yeah, so in the event that they can't refinance, one option is that the company could simply extend the maturities of the near-term super senior and priority debt by a few months. Uh, this would be in the hope that the primary markets become more accessible and then they can leverage the recent strong trading performance that was supposed to allow them the opportunity to refinance. It's worth noting that the company's liquidity was very strong at the beginning of the year. We contemplated an option where the company simply repaid the near-term maturities with excess cash, which would essentially buy, them, buy the company time before the 2023 maturity. However, this seems problematic from a liquidity standpoint and it's hard to see management actually sanctioning a decision like that. Um, given this would you know, erode most of their um, liquidity at the moment. Uh, another option is to extend the first lien and second lien notes by several years. Creditors could be amenable to this if they were provided with a consent fee or, or some other considerations such as like a step up in interest or additional pick interest under the first lien notes. The super senior debt could be refinanced under this case, so the company still has that liquidity available if required. The priority notes, which have a rate of 16.5%, could be repaid with cash, and then the 50 mil subordinated shareholder notes, which are essentially equity, could just be written off. Going back a year or so, people in the market were talking about equitizing the second lien notes. This is still an option on the table and probably the most sustainable action the company could take to address the capital structure. The problem is that creditors probably don't want equity in this kind of business, and we assume the Hargraves family aren't looking to give up their ownership either. In our analysis, we came to the conclusion that the capital structure was fully covered by the firm's value. The problem is that just leverage is just way too high to get a refinancing done right now. So at this point, which option seems to be the most likely? Uh, either the, the debt to equity swap or some form of amend and extend? So we think an amend and extend restructuring is probably the most likely right now. Uh, the, the thing is it may only kick the can down the road further, but it does give the company time for results to improve and market conditions to improve um, before you know they can properly refinance. Um, our view at the moment is that the first liens are quite interesting at around 85, 
we think there's a very good chance these will end up being re refinanced. It's just um, investors sort of have to stomach the risks that the maturity is pushed back. Great. Thanks, Jacob, for joining me today. Thanks for having me. On Thursday, June the 9th, Reorg is hosting a webinar, The Shanghai Reopening, View from Frontlines, Update on China Property Sector. Our distressed debt researcher, Catherine Shi, will share her own experience living and working through the lockdown, the outlook of the reopening and takeaways from the front lines of reporting in the real estate sector. Juan Juan Tan, director of Reorg Asia Credit Research, will present recent real estate-related statistics and trends. You can find more information on how to join the webinar on our website. Also, on 14th and 16th of June, our team will be heading to Barcelona for the Global ABS Conference. In the conference, Reorg's Europe Senior Director Ben Kovacka is speaking on the FinTech Advancements Panel. As always, more information on all of the situations and events discussed in this podcast are available on our website, reorg.com. We hope you can join us next Tuesday for another Reorg Europe podcast. Until then, have a great week and thank you very much for listening. <laughs>